Blog Talk Radio. Y'all doing well on this rather rather nice Tuesday evening. It's pretty toasty here in Cincinnati, Ohio, but nothing too bad. Uh, but I know that uh, people on the East Coast, particularly in Washington D.C. area, gets got lots of rain and flooding going on. So thoughts and prayers to them. But uh, at any rate, thank you for tuning in tonight. This is Scott Burks, the Clown Hour. This is a podcast component of my sports blog called The Clown Times. It's Clown Spill with K. You can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you're going to find me on the web. Well, I'm not on the web. On Facebook. I just gave him, a, gave him my web address. Just type in wherever you're on your laptop, desktop, uh, smartphone, wherever. Just type in the search box, The Clown Times. Again, it's Clown Spill with K. You're going to find me there. We have a lot to get into tonight. Um, I didn't have a podcast last week because it was a. Um, the 4th of July week, and being that it fell on a Thursday uh, this year, you know, it would have been kind of weird to have on a Wednesday or, or a Thursday or Friday night for that matter. So decided to skip and host it for this week. So we're going to get into some Wimbledon. Uh, you know, the story that Coco Goff is unfortunately no longer in, in the tournament, but she was very inspirational. And also this named, uh, named Serena Williams, rather, who's still in it. So we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, we're going to get into the crazy two weeks that has been NBA free agency. Um, Kawhi Leonard to the LA Clippers is one thing, but Paul George being acquired with three years left of this contract from the OKC Thunder was even crazier. So it's one of those WTF moments that we all woke up to uh, Sunday, Monday morning. Um, but, but at any rate, we're actually Saturday morning. Uh, we'll get into that. And we're going to give some props to the U.S. Women's National Team. We're going to get into the discussion a little bit of equal pay and why that I think and many other people think is important. But we're going to start at the top with some tennis talk. Y'all know her from uh, uh, Reels Tennis Fans YouTube podcast. She's one of my favorite people in the world, especially when she talks all things tennis. She's the ever so savage, ever so funny. You need to read. What's up, Jr? How you been? Hey, hey. Good. How are you? Hey, hey. You surviving the heat? I am. Dude, uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> I grew up in North Carolina, right? And so to me, 
I always tell people, if you want real heat, come hang out with me in July and August in, in North Carolina. But Cincinnati's been giving it a run for his money lately, but the humidity. <laughs> but again, yeah, it, it's all good though. But it's just, I mean, it doesn't help that we're right across from, from from Kentucky, so we kind of feel like a we're pretty much Kentucky's north. Let's just be honest, but um, <laughs> you know, it's not too bad. Nothing that I can't handle. So how's how's what up there right? Uh, right quick. You got the All Star game going on this week in your neck of the woods. The All Star game is in Cleveland. Um, so yeah, I'm staying far, far away from there. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy to get. Listen, if you've never visited Cleveland, it is not your typical big city. Um, things are in clusters. Um, it's not really a walkable city. I mean. If you you know if you're staying in your cluster like where all the sports stuff is, you can walk it. But it, it's just weird. It does it doesn't have that big city layout like you are used to in like New York or Chicago where mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just weird. So I'm this it, all Star Weekend and all this stuff going on. All that says to me is traffic clusterfuck. Stay far, far away because you got to drive when you go to Cleveland. I mean, you got to drive there. So, right. Yeah, right. not for me. Not for me. Uh-uh, I did go me. watch so, the. Uh, <laughs> I I did go I did go downtown and got you know caught up in in some of the All Star uh, prep stuff and got to see a lot of what was going into it. I took my little guy yeah. to watch the U.S. Men's soccer team when they had that huge six nothing win against Trinidad and Tobago. So yes. that was fun. Nice. They played at the Browns arena at first energy stadium. Right. So I did get to see some of yeah. what was going into all-star weekend. Um, but yeah, that's it. I won't, I won't be back down there anytime soon. <laughs> well, you know what? I, you know, I used to watch, I'll make this quick. I used to watch, the home run derby religiously when I was growing up because I actually knew who the hell the players were. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. the one or two cats, like Volomir Guerrero Jr. and one other dude. I didn't know anyone who those kids were. I, I I had no clue. Yeah. So I just, like, it started watching me instead of me watching it. So I just, like, put it, <laughs> put the shit on mute and did something else. I'm not a baseball uh, fan. <laughs> I'm not. As much as I love sports, baseball is the absolute bottom of my list. Um, I it's I like fast sports, and baseball is slow as fuck, and I just I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. And on that note, <laughs> from a slow ass sport to a fast ass sport that you cover and you cover well, you do a great job of it. Your podcast, tennis, Wimbledon. Tennis. So before I get into what's going on, well, first of all, I, I, well, 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 before I get into it, you texted you, you actually DM me on Twitter and told me that you had a lot to say about this, and I'm quoting you, this shit show, and <laughs> that is Wilmington. So <laughs> tell me what you mean by that, right quick, and I'll just let, I'll just give you the floor because I because because I, I well, feel I'm going to laugh a lot. So go ahead. I mean. Wimbledon is the epitome of tennis. If someone knows nothing about tennis whatsoever, they know Wimbledon, right? It is tennis. And it's why I love tennis. I love it because of Wimbledon. And I always look forward to it every year, every year. And this year, the draws. Oh, my God. 
And they're all fucking men. Like, of course, on the men's side, of course, but Novak, Federer, and Rafa hanging around. But you've got these people mm-hmm. who, like, went out in round one and just – I don't think the men or the women have held up to – well, they haven't held up to seeds. You know, they're not they're not playing their seed. They're not getting as far as we would think given how they were seeded to begin with. But people that we expected to see do well, who we thought their game would translate well on grass, they're gone. Yeah. First round. Like, I mean – Seriously, Scotty, do you know who Paya is? Do you know who he is? You ever heard of him? Because he's in no the quarterfinals, <laughs> right? I exactly. <laughs> Shit ain't playing out like it's supposed to. Do you know who Barbara, Barbara Strykova is? Probably not, but she's in a semifinal. I mean, it's just it's awesome. It. Yeah. It's, it's really the draw fell apart early. Um, and there are a lot of people who capitalized on that, and they're like, this is right. no further than I've ever gone, and they have. But once again, especially on the men's side, the young bucks just haven't – they're not stepping up. They're not stepping up, and they failed spectacularly early. And I just I don't get it. So mm. so yeah, it turned everything into a shit show. I mean, my draw, you know, we 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 always do a live draw show for my podcast, and we fill out the draw um, and say you know who we expect to get to the quarterfinals and get into the second week. When we did our middle Sunday draw show, I had to reprint a whole new one. I don't usually fuck up that bad, but I didn't get hardly <laughs> anything right. I got like two people for the men and two people for the women right. This is like holy shit. So I don't know. Maybe this signals you know a true changing of the guard in some respects because we do see a lot of unfamiliar names into the second week of a Grand Slam. And it's a big deal, but it's also a shit show. You know what? I'll get to the men's side in a minute. Let's just go to the women's side. You had Madison Keys losing early. You had uh, Sloan Stevens still underachieving like a mug. Uh, even though she didn't lose the first round at least. Um, but you no, she didn't lose to the first Naomi round, but she Osaka. did lose to Joe Conta. Yeah. Listen, fuck yeah, Naomi. Yeah. I'm, I'm over she Naomi. She too early. But What's going Sloan on with her? Stevens, which one? Uh, Naomi, I'm sorry. What's going on, on with, with, with the old girl Osaka? What's going on with her? So, Naomi Osaka is first and foremost young. Um, her fame yeah. came fast and hard. Um, I don't know a lot about her, but I do know that I don't. I don't want to sound racially insensitive. I don't know how. I don't, she's Japanese. It's, well, but she's Japanese, mm-hmm. and we know that they it tend is. to be a more reserved people, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think that she is having a hard time with this spotlight on her. That's, that's what I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think she made a huge mistake by splitting with the coach that she won two grand slams with right after she won the second one. I mean, that's just stupid. That's just dumb. Clearly you're working together. There's he, she says it, it was personal reasons that, 
from what I from what I understand, she didn't like him. Well, you know what? He he's been making you a lot of money and tightening up your game. So get over it. <laughs> like fuck yeah. it up, Buttercup. But you know, she kind of since she and Sasha split, she's gone downhill. So I I don't know. I mean, I think she can't. It's one thing to get to the top; it's a whole nother ball game to stay there. Right. She can't hang. That's what I think. Right, right, and it's too bad because people had her had that's the next big thing, and you know she's a big fan well, of Serena, and we all thought that she was going to be the next one, and she turned out to be a dud so far. I mean, I'm not going to call her a dud, but listen, the women, um. <clears throat> yeah, they they switch places in that number one spot all the time when Serena's not holding it. It's what they do. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Tennis is so hungry and thirsty for a non Williams sister to be number one and to be the person sure. that carries the sport that they're willing to jump on any bandwagon. I mean, in the next months, we'll see. It's going to be Coco Golf, um, you know, but. Eh, she's 15 years old. She had an amazing run. It's great. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she's 15. And what that ultimately means is she's not even allowed to play that much tennis because the rules have changed from the days of when you and I were younger and watched Serena and Venus play when they were very young. They're not allowed to just decide mm-hmm. I'm going pro and to enter as many tournaments as you know they want. Um, those days are long gone. So, she couldn't be that dominant star if she wanted to or had the capabilities to. Um, I mean, she's been working hard. She's been on the radar for a long time. People that pay attention to the lower levels uh, of the tour know that, you know, have been waiting for her to make her debut at this level. Um, I did say when I saw that she was going to face Venus round one, people going, oh, God, that really sucks for Coco. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It kind of might suck for Venus. And then look what happened. Um, (laughs) You know, and I'm happy for her, but the the tennis media is going to swallow her alive. And I hope she doesn't get lost in it. I hope that she can stay focused, continue to work on her game, and, and just do her and grow because she's 15. I mean, clearly she is talented and um, we haven't seen something this exciting in someone so young in a very long time. However, this used to be the norm. It did. It used to be, you know, when Serena and Venus started, when they came on tour, Serena was what, 14 years old when um, Monica Sellis was playing and, you know, Lindsay Davenport, all, all of these big people, like from a few decades ago, this is what it always looked like. So it's new and exciting for people that are new to the sport, but some of us older and wiser folks know that, you know, relax, (laughs) take your time. (laughs) And let's see what we can do. And, I mean, she had rules? an amazing run. Um, well, why well, did they change the rules after, like that? A, a lot of it just had to do with um, athletes, <clears throat> I think, uh, getting burned out and injured at such an early age. I mean, think about it. 20 years sure. ago, people were retiring from tennis at the age of 25. 
it was unheard of right. playing at a high level um, in your late 20s and 30s. And then you have the whole, um, so some things that people don't, um, because it's not talked about, Tennis players, a mm-hmm. lot of the older generation of tennis players, like Roger Federer didn't graduate high school. People don't know that. Oh. But, you know, mm-hmm. Rafael Nadal, did he? I don't I don't know if he did or not. It was like a big deal on Isner came up that he was a college graduate because tennis players started their mm. career so early that they, they had to make a choice. You drop out of school and go pro or you stay in school. And then the ones that chose to stay in school, like it was a big, Andy Roddick graduated. That was a big deal because his generation of players typically did not finish school. So it was unheard of for a long time that someone actually went to school, not get homeschooled, but went to school and, you know, graduated in a traditional way. Um, so that I I think I I can't say for sure, but I would I would like to think that that had something to do with the rule change. You know, let's get an education, people. <laughs> education is, mm-hmm. but I I don't I don't know for sure what the underlying rule was for that rule change. But it used to be like I said, it used to be the norm that that um, young girls were coming on to our and guys at in in their early teenage years. Right. So let but me we haven't seen this. it in did so she, long, it's weird now. Did, did Coco come up through U.S. tennis, or did she come up through any other entity? I'm just curious. Um, You know what? I don't know. Wow, I don't think you've ever okay. asked me a question. I don't know. I don't, I don't really like how this feels. <laughs> oh, oh, I stumped no, the crummy. Uh-oh. You did. I'm honestly not sure if she is a I I don't think she is a product of the USPA, but I'm not positive. I'm really not. Sorry. That's too I will well, let you know not, and positive. I will find that's out. A, that's a missed opportunity. You do that. Yeah. Uh, for sure. <laughs> no, I was saying because, yeah, because she, she she it's a it's a bad it's a missed opportunity if she wasn't because that she she's a great story and I think it's just just the only day beginning for her. I mean, I think that's you know, and, and you know, I love the uh, the reaction of the parents in the stadium. I mean, she's like the every person parent. You know what I mean? Oh like, man, like every man parent. Isn't that great? I mean, they're like, go ahead, I pump it a fist. I was like, I got hype. I got hype watching the parent. If anything, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was so amazing. It's just all good. Um, I don't know if you saw sorry, sorry. the woman. So there was a woman who was at Serena's match, and Serena was um, down, and uh, this woman was, like, cheering ferociously, kind of like Coco's mama. But security came up to her mm. and told her she needed to chill out. It was a black woman. So when oh, I saw in the, it was the next day that we see Coco's parents all over TV, you know, behaving in the same way, essentially, I was like, oh, is security going to come for them, too? Or do they get a pass because no. their daughter's on court? I don't know. <laughs> they get cussed out of their dad. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that poor security person get cussed out of their dad. So that's that's good. Um, so Serena, speaking of Serena, she's in the semifinals. Kind of quietly, she's she in me. The um, Yeah, she's been flying under the radar, I think, because uh, so many people have been focused on 
Low Coco, which is good. She needed that because, you know, she didn't play a tune-up tournament. I don't know why. Um, and don't <laughs> think for one moment that her playing doubles with Andy Murray is him being nice. She needs match play, period. She needs more matches to give herself a true shot at the title because she hasn't been playing. Um, she did say at the very beginning of the tournament that this is the first time in a long time that she has played pain-free. And when I heard her say that, I was like, watch out. Serena's coming for your wigs. She's about to snatch all that shit up. And that's exactly what she's doing. She's had a couple stumbles here and there, dropped a set, um, had to come from behind. But, you know, she's winning, and that's what matters. And this draw mm. has opened up nicely for her. I mean, wow, she's, she's, (laughs) people are just dropping like flies and they're just like, it's like they're rolling out the red carpet for her to pick up the trophy. It's unbelievable. the last one who's really left. Yeah, and they only will meet, and they can only meet in the final. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Serena's to lose. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, that's interesting. That, sure, that's that's very interesting. So, Serena's sitting on how many major titles? Twenty three or twenty four? Twenty three. Um, she'll be going for her twenty fourth. Okay. So, is this is this is this kind of going to be the time where people will shut the hell up about Margaret Court <coughs> if she does take no. this home? If she does win this Wimbledon? No. no. Stop it! No. You know better. <laughs> I mean, she, she didn't win. Three. How many did, did, did I'm just curious. How many did old Margaret win? 23 or 24, some shit like that? Or 24. I think that's why before the open era, but. <coughs> I think I'm dying, just so everyone knows. But um, Yeah, I was wondering whether you got. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sitting outside on my patio. Maybe I swallowed a bug. I don't know. <laughs> but, um. Margaret Court, like, I, I don't know. I think she sits at 24, but nobody takes them seriously. Most of them were that she was racking up were happening when people were skipping the tournament because nobody could be bothered with traveling um, to Australia because it was so far away. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I think Serena could probably win 10 more and they would find some obscure player that has one more than her in She'd have to chase that too. Well, as needless to say, when she retires, decides to hang them up. I think we mentioned this last time we talked. The tennis world, particularly the media, who's drumming all this remote shit up, they're going to regret it. They're going to regret not cherishing the time that Serena dominated in her system. Dominated. Yeah. I mean, they're going to yeah. be chasing the next best thing, and they have exit. They only have to blame themselves because. They had great. They were staring. They was they're witnessing greatness right now. I mean, Serena's in the damn mm-hmm. semifinals, about to win on the verge of winning possibly major title number twenty four. That's unheard yeah. of, and that's just it's just a damn shame. I mean, I know we say this. I say, I say this like every time we talk <laughs> when it comes to major tennis title or any <laughs> major tournament, but it is what it is. It just it just sucks that yeah people tend to behave this way in the tennis world. Yeah, it is, because you know what? You better believe that they appreciate Rafael Nadal winning 25,000 million French Opens. 
you better believe that mm-hmm. they appreciate Roger Federer on the verge of his ninth Wimbledon title. You know, I mean, like, it doesn't seem to be an issue to appreciate watching history in the making when it comes to the men, but Serena clearly does not get that same respect for many reasons. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Well, we, we don't have to go into those. Um, <laughs> it's, bad. It, it's too bad. I mean, when you have, like, certain celebrities such as Chris, Chris, like Chris Everett, like, bemoaning the same thing, like, not understanding, being baffled, her and the likes of Billie Jean King of why the hell does she get more that, that she that she being Serena doesn't get much love? It baffles them. Their tennis great, um, and you know it's just it's just a damn shame. It's, it's just it's just a doggone shame. But again, you know, just say it is what it is. And yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I I appreciate her, and many others appreciate her as well. So we're not in the tennis media. At least, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we mentioned the men's side right quick. Like, to your point, with the young guys, like, not stepping up, you might want to take some water. Uh, <laughs> um, you still have the OGs. I have some. I don't know what's remaining. going on. I- I'm telling you this out of love. I don't want you gagging out on me over the phone. That would be very sad. I'll be very sad by that. Um, but, yeah, you-, you have, like, Novak's left, Rafa's left, Rogers left, Fed is left. You know, and the coolest thing about that is Rafa and Fed are on the same side of the bracket. So you basically gonna have Rafa going to pretty much have to face uh more than likely face Roger Federer and the semis in his house, in his wheelhouse. Which would be pretty cool well, to watch. Even though that's too old however, cheese, but still that's pretty cool to watch. Uh oh. Well, Rafa has to get through Sam Query. Sam Query is no slouch. Clearly, I mean he's made it this far, um, but he's no sure. slouch on grass, and he's got some wins under his belt against Rafa in recent history that will give him confidence. Um, I am not. I clearly I'm not surprised if Rafa wins, but I'm also not surprised mm-hmm. if Sam Query wins. I'm not surprised at all. When I saw him in that part mm-hmm. of the draw. I didn't pick him to go far because I knew that he's coming back from an injury. But when he started playing well, I was like, okay, all right. I see you, Sammy. Hugh, Mr. Once was on. Uh, he was he was on Millionaire Matchmaker. It was so bad. Remember that show? Horrible. Oh, really? But, yeah. <clears throat> he was on there once, and it was, you know, whatever. Anyways, um Clearly, he's not. I don't think he's married yet, so it it didn't work. But <laughs> I guess not. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough match. That's for Rafa. That's gonna be a tough match. Um, Federer plays Kay Nishikori. Um, I mean, I would like to say that I, Federer should win. Uh, Nishikori can win. He probably won't because he's just not reliable. I would be okay if he mm-hmm. did. I would I would be happy about that. Um he definitely deserves to be there. Um but yeah, like the men that are left, wow. It's just I don't know. It's weird. Like the the way that the way that the top men outside of these three went down has just been weird and the people that they lost to 
Um, I mean, I'm happy for the guys that made it, that, you know, people that don't know their names. <laughs> you know, you've got right. Roberto uh, Batista Agut. I mean, who the hell knows who he is? You, people don't know who he is, but he's a grinder, and somehow he just <laughs> found himself in the Wimbledon quarterfinal about this guy that we like to call Pretty Paya. Hey, do the damn thing. One of you is going to be a Wimbledon semifinalist. It's amazing, and it's great. But these aren't young, up-and-coming players. They're veterans of the tour, too, for the most part. <clears throat> They've been around a while. So, you know, it's it's interesting and weird how it's all played out. Um, <clears throat> my heart wants to tell you that Roger Federer will lift the trophy for the ninth time. But Novak Djokovic is slicing and dicing his way through this draw unnoticed. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on outside of the court that I thought might – make Novak um, hiccup a little bit, but uh, that's not really happening because here he is um, playing to be, you know, in the quarterfinals um, because I I don't – tennis – let's just say the tennis player, the tennis authorities um, are really at an impasse right now and they're bumping heads and um, the ATP had half of their players resign from the the players' council – there's lots of messy things going on right now, and Novak is the president of the Players' Council. So I really thought that um, he might be distracted and someone might be able to sneak in and whoop his ass. But, yeah, that that, that didn't happen. Mm. So he's probably going to win again. <laughs> um, if he plays Rafa, he probably wins for sure. If he plays Federer, it should be a good match. I don't know who wins that. They They typically play tight matches. Well, here's hoping for I want to see a Novak Federer final. I, I, you I'm know, for it. I've been I've been down on and you know I've been down on Federer like for years and years because I felt like you you gonna cuss me out again when I say this, but damn it, I don't care. Um, that Fed <laughs> took advantage of a weak field in the like when He's he first so came silly. up in the what the nineties and the <laughs> you know I'm like. Um, you know, because his only real rival for a long time was uh, Andy Roddick before, like, the Rafas and the Novaks and the Andy Murray really? the world come along. So. Really? That's interesting. Really? Okay, go on. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you... I mean, he did, I told he you did just throw your boy Pete Sampras well, at Wimbledon. Like you realize that, right? Him. Oh, no, he was 99 he years old. That's just it. He wasn't, though. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do God. this to me every time, don't you? You love doing this to me every time. Uh, <laughs> but I promise you this. I promise you this, sis. If Fed takes this home, if he if he closes the deal on, on Sunday yeah. over Novak yeah. or wherever the hell, especially if it's because you he would have to dinner, probably go through the all. Oh, we'll see. Well, there you go. I might I might do that because I've been clowning Federer for so many years, and you've got sick and tired of me clowning him for so many years that my, it'll be my comeuppance. It'll be my comeuppance. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I just want to see this. I want to see Fed take on Novak for the title and see if he can take this home. If he can take this home, if he close the deal, props to Federer. And I promise you I will never clown him again. Maybe. 
and it doesn't matter that, you know, he's the old man now and Novak's the young one, that that doesn't matter to you? I'm just saying. No, well, you know, he's, he's, he's a two He's still the, anyway, ha-ha, he's a two C. thank you very much. Federer is a two C. He's a two C for a reason. He's still that dude. That's right. He's still that Don't dude. That's it. why. <laughs> Don't forget dude. it. Anyway, <laughs> all right, sis. Hey, uh, can you tell the folks again, like about your show, like when it when it comes on, you to like like uh, like when you guys do live tapes and stuff like that. So we will have a live show this Sunday, um, after the men's final, and you can catch that live on YouTube or you can catch the replay. On iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. All right, sis. We'll be talking next week. You good, honey? Dinner. Ciao. All right. Dinner it is. Bet. <laughs> Bet, sister. Bet. All right. Take Bet. care. That's my girl, Janina Reed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Please check out on Real Tennis Fans YouTube podcast. She's savage, her crew is savage and funny as hell. Very entertaining. Please check them out there. We're going to switch from Wimbledon to the crazy-ass NBA free agency. And this is my partner in crime. Y'all know him from the yard, slash HBCU Sports, the website about all things HBCU Sports, as well as Sleazy Radio every week on Facebook Live. I think they'll be taping tomorrow. Um, Dwayne Ash is back in the house. What's up, D? Man, Scott, first and foremost, that's the first time I've ever heard dinner used as an outro. It's so obvious. <laughs> dinner, child, <laughs> it's right there in your face. As uh, 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 father jokey as that is, it's right there. And for 40 plus years of my life, it has escaped me until today. I think Janina. <laughs> My child. She is hilariously savage to me. I mean, it's, that's just she. I've been, I've been, she began on me about clowning and federal for so many years, and kind of <laughs> rightfully so. I, I'm pretty obnoxious about it, but I mean, the point, the point is, is that I look again. If he takes us home, if he, if he, especially if he beats Novak for Wimbledon title. I will I will say all the players in the world are fit, even though he's won mm-hmm. like a thousand Grand Slam titles. But still, this to me would be the, one of the more cooler ones because he's doing it against a guy who many people think are better than him. And, yeah. You know, Federer he is an OG, although he's like ranked, he's like seated second, which means he's still that dude, uh, which is remarkable in and of itself. Kind of like Serena, well, actually a lot like Serena, but. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the bet. Then it's a bet. So if 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 Fed takes his home, man, I have to cough up a few dollars. <laughs> Whatever she comes out here for to cover the Western Open here in Cincinnati. So ah, okay. since we're talking about crazy things, crazy and stranger things like on Netflix. Uh hey, love dude, what, what's going on with NBA free agency? Dude. Oh. First of all, K D and Kyrie to Brooklyn. I saw Kyrie to Brooklyn going coming, but KD to Brooklyn, and of course my Knicks can't get it right yet again. I mean, how do you whiff on KD like that? That's just beyond me. But the shocker, and since we didn't have a show last week, we just kind of covered all this into one, jamming all this into one podcast, maybe two, start next week. But 
Kyrie, I mean, sorry, Kawhi to the Clippers. And then oh. bringing Paul George along in the trade. What the hell? Oh, my goodness. So let's start there with, with, with Kawhi. So that's the bigger news than KD and Kyrie going to Brooklyn, if you could believe that. So did you see Did you see Kyrie, Kyrie and be honest, did you see Kawhi going to the Clippers? Did you, could you predict that? Um, oddly enough, we did discuss this last time I was uh, talking to you. Yeah. And, yeah. and I did bring up both cities for both KD. I did bring up New York for, uh, for KD. And Kawhi, yeah. well, the Clippers, well, not the Clippers, I'm sorry, Los Angeles for Kawhi. But I didn't think, right. or I wasn't, I wasn't sold on it completely, that they would choose the franchises that, uh, that they chose. Now, right. like I said, I, 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 I was a believer of Jalen Rose's theory that KD having his surgery in New York was going to lead to him yeah. signing in New York. Just didn't think right. it was going to be the Nets. And also, yeah, I told I, you, yeah, my word on the street out west was that Kawhi wanted to come home. Both were right, just not the franchises that we thought it was going to be. Now, there's, and, and I'm starting to understand why. Well, uh, I, I, I mm-hmm. don't understand why James Nolan didn't. No, I do understand. I understand why James Nolan didn't throw the entire max deal at KD. He wasn't completely sold that KD was going to end up returning back to what he wanted him to be. And I get that. But you got to understand that the ridicule that you want to get, and he's received it, and then the ridicule yeah. that you want to receive when he returns, and he ends up balling out of his mind. Because you want to receive That's it again. Thing. It's not going to end. That's exactly it. That's exactly, exactly it. I mean, why did they not offer him the max? That's so stupid. That That's is why. so they were, stupid of them. They were Gosh. afraid of the fact that he may not return as the baller that we see. Well, he's not, never. I don't think he's going to ever be the baller that we see. Because Achilles in the NBA, you know, we, we never get that guy back. The thing is, what type of guy are we going to get back? And I truly believe KD is going to be at least a 20-7 and seven guy when he returns and is 100%. Back. I shouldn't say 100%. When he's completely comfortable returning after that ACL, that, that Achilles injury. Once he gets comfortable getting back, it's going to take him a couple of months, probably a year to get to that point. But it's going to take some time for that to happen. And when it does, 20 and 6, 20 and 7, around that range. And he doesn't necessarily need to give you more with uh, uh, Kyrie on that roster. There's a possibility that either the young guys that they have on that team mature because they had some ballers on that squad for them. People say it's the East, but the Nets played well enough for them to, um, one, get into the playoffs, and two, be a threat to Philadelphia. Now you add Kyrie to that equation. And then KD, they just only get better. So if, if that happens, yeah. you know, the Nets are doing net things, well, do, doing positive things, and then once again, egg on uh, James Owens' face. Now to Kawhi, he must have saw something with the Lakers in terms of the guys that they this didn't function. sign. 
maybe misfortune, maybe not. Because you know, it, it, and I just, I just thought it was interesting that he wanted to meet. Well, in, in essence, he kind of played toward that dysfunction because he wanted to meet with with Jimmy Bus and he wanted to meet with Magic. Why don't you want to meet with the, the team's GM? How weird was that? Yeah. But I understand that, well, that Magic is the ambassador for the squad, even though he, he did what he did just months ago. But still, you kind of placated yeah. to 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 the, the organization being a mess. That plus they didn't really have anybody on that roster other than LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis, and, and Kyle Kuzma, and a couple of tomato cans, and a phone call that they made to me last week, <laughs> saying that they saw me playing yeah, yeah, over yeah. in Northeast DC, <laughs> and I said no, I got stuff to do, but I digress. You saw that roster, and probably wasn't confident enough that they were going to end up having guys on that team for him to be competitive with. I was, and, and, and I say that out loud, right? And people are saying, Big D, what do you mean? They had LeBron and they got AD. Even with those three, I don't even know yep. if that would be enough for them to necessarily win a title if they got a bunch of tomatoes. They're surrounded by a bunch of tomato cans. Especially with the low management skill, because none of them are going to play a full season. No, not, not all three of them will not play a full season. So no. Kawhi has his little injury injury history. As is Andy yeah. Davis and LeBron just getting old, so yeah. none of them will be playing all eighty-two games, and you have mm-hmm. to have someone to fall back on. Now, if you look at the exactly. rest of the roster, you have Kyle Kuzma, but you also resign Rajon Rondo. So my question yeah. is. How the hell is that going to work when you like uh, when you have him and I think they signed another guard recently. So oh yeah, they Quinn did. Cook. So you got Quinn Cook, right from set from 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 uh, Golden State Warriors. No. So how the hell is that going to fit I, with Rajon Rondo? That's I, I, I don't get a, that either. Well, they they filled out their roster ever since, but I don't I don't even think that they had Rondo on the roster yet when they were still courting. Um, no, they uh, didn't. Kawhi. They didn't. Yeah, right. so you see that, and you're like, dude, who else are you going to bring in? And then you look at the Clippers roster with Patrick Beverly, and, and then you had uh, Lou Williams. You had the sixth man of the year on, on the squad. And then, of course, they traded away a couple of assets. But you still have Montreal uh, Harrell and the Michael Green on that squad. They had a lot of youth that weren't necessarily ballers, but they played mm-hmm. well enough as a unit to get them into the play into the playoffs and be a threat to Golden State in the first round, and now you add Kawhi Leonard right. and and Paul George to that equation, and that that talent level steps up a little bit higher. But with the Lakers, okay, Kawhi leaves, they bring in some pieces and, and some pieces that at first, when you start bringing in certain guys, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that. And when I say that, yeah. I'm saying that with by saying they bring in. Uh, JaVale McGee, they bring in DeMarcus right. Cousins, they bring back uh, Lance Stevenson, they bring back Rondo. I'm like, hmm, I don't know how I like this roster for them out. But then they bring in Jared Dudley. They signed yeah. Danny Green. They had uh, that young guy, uh, Alex Caruso, that those who are Laker fans thoroughly love. Mm. And then they also signed Avery Bradley. So yeah. those pieces, I think they're a lot. Well, not I think, but they're a lot better. 
Now, if they can go ahead and bring in a guy that can stretch the floor uh, along with Danny Green, because there's something about mm-hmm. Danny Green. I don't, I don't know what Danny Green I'm going to get. Am I going to get regular season Danny right. Green that shot almost 40% from three during the regular season and gave me double-digit points? Or are we going to get the Danny Green that played in the playoffs and gave me under eight points a game and shot close to 30%? If we can get regular season right. Danny, watch out. And then if they are able to get the right. rest of um, Kyle He can Holder, play D, too. And he can play D. That's the thing that I like about the uh, the Danny Green and the Jared Dudley signings is that they and well and actually Javale McGee that they can play D. And, and and it's something about Jared Dudley if you didn't see him during that Philly uh, Brooklyn series last year that toughness that mm-hmm. you need and you're going to end up getting that yeah. from Rondo and Stevenson and and and. Uh, and, and, and Dudley, things that don't show up necessarily in the stat box, but will show up in the in the in the faces of your opponent because they're getting tired of seeing them defend them on the floor, and that's something that I like. You, right. Teams have to have that toughness. You got to have somebody in your squad that's tough. And when you got three guys like that, I'm I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. But yeah, I, I think they're one more shut shooter away from being a legit threat in the West. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. Because, I mean, a legit threat to be in the NBA yeah, finals. Yeah, they didn't have much shooting. Right, they didn't have much no. shooting last year. I mean, everyone clawed the lane and dared them to yeah. shoot. So now you at least mm-hmm. have Dudley who can shoot, and you have Danny Green, to your point, he's regular season Danny Green. He's a 3 and D guy, and mm-hmm. of course, he still kept Kyle Kuzma. Um, yeah. For me, I just like, I really like, I mean, what's not to like about the Clippers squad? You have both no. Kawhi and and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and PG-13 with Paul George who, who complement yes. each other. And then mm-hmm. you also have the same squad that gave Golden State a full-strength Golden State squad fits in the playoffs. Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly, um, you know, like Montrez Harrell. Can you imagine mm-hmm. how hella far they'll be on defense? With, with Kawhi so. and Paul George, oh my Not just God, that. that's a historically defensive team. Not just that, but also being led by Doc Rivers. So you had that defensive yes. uh, a coach that can, that has you know defensive prowess in in his bank with the players to do so. This is about, this is starting to look like the old the the the, the early two thousand Celtics right now. This is yeah. exactly what this is starting to look like. And the team is coachable, extremely coachable. You don't have any knuckleheads on the Clippers squad, which None. I love, too. All None. very coachable guys, hungry guys. And I'll tell you, man, but first of all, let's get to Paul George. Who saw that shit coming? Paul George. No. I mean, just as like last year, just last season, Paul George signed a four-year deal and announced that he was there to stay at OKC with his boy, uh, um, Russell Westbrook. But, I mean, he wanted, he wanted out after another year. He saw that his that Cleveland, if he and Russell and OKC is an, was another first round exit at best, with they only won one game, only one mm-hmm. playoff game, and you know, and, and we'll get to Russell Westbrook in a minute, but that's an indictment on him more, more than anything. But how did Jerry West work his? How was he able to work his magic behind the scenes and get that done? Because no, like because remember. Everyone swore up and down that 
Kawhi was either going to be back in Toronto or a Laker because both those teams, especially the Lakers, made the most noise in terms of talking mm-hmm. and leaking shit to the media. The, the Clippers just stood pat, didn't say a word. They're like, all right, didn't say a word, and boom, Saturday morning happened. <laughs> Kawhi <laughs> and Paul George via trade. So yeah. what do you think – Like, so how did – so is, is Jerry West just the, 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 the mecca – the Mecca God, uh, is he the, just the, the, the Don Juan of, of NBA personnel? I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. I mean, but I don't know. Well, damn, the dude is just – he's like the Oracle. He's just, he's just that dude in the front <laughs> office that you just don't sleep on. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He, he, he worked his magic in, in the Lakers and the uh, Warriors, bringing in mm-hmm. Jeff and Clay and him and, 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 um, and uh, what's his name, Draymond. And talk yeah. to Kevin Durant and the sign with them as well. And now he's mm-hmm. working magic with the Clippers. Sticking it to the yep. Lakers there left and right. But but give me your thoughts on Jerry West, right? How 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 good is this dude? How he's just amazing. He's dude. just amazing. Amazing on the floor as a baller. That's why he's the logo. Amazing in the yep. front office. That's why he has the championship wings as an executive that he does. Now, yep. then I'm going to go ahead and probably tell you exactly, well, I'm going to give you a synopsis of probably what he said to both Kawhi <clears> and to Paul George. Hey, player, I know you want to come home. Because it's been buzzing for both him and Paul George. Just remember, it was just last year, people thought that Paul George was going to come to L.A. It was going to be a Laker. But somehow yeah, spurned the Lakers to stay in OKC because he wanted to play with, with Russell Westbrook, which a lot of people couldn't understand. But Right. Once again, probably told them both, hey, you can come home, play at the crib. We got a young nucleus already here. You yeah. know I can make my magic happen in terms of the front office. We got us a coach that's won a title. We can go ahead and bring in someone else of your liking to come involved with you. And we can make it happen here. And you can have a parade at the, at the crib. How about it? And Kawhi was like, boy, okay, did they. sign me up. Who do you want to get? He gave him a list, or, or Kawhi had a list of guys, made some calls, tried to get him to come, and some guys, you know, most of the guys told him no. And then, you know, he probably got into Paul George's ear, and Paul was like, you know what? I've seen this type of team. They were, they not, neither one of us got into the first round last year, but they got some young ballers over there. If Kawhi go there. Unlike Russell, he has a title. He actually he has two. Was uh, Finals MVP both times. I know I got me a bona fide win over there in him. Got me a bona fide win over there in Doc. Got me a bona fide win over there in, in, in Jerry West. And I get to play at home and get a chance to play for a championship at the crib. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. And here's the thing. Look, I know that the OKC, uh, OKC made a haul of the trade, which, you know, both teams had to do, right? I mean, the Clippers definitely wanted Paul George, who had three more years on his contract, and, yes. and, and OKC was not let was not let him go without a hefty haul, and mm-hmm. and you know, and, and rightfully so. I think both teams made out very fairly well. I think yeah. Paul George played his best basketball last year. Uh, even though it went off or not, was just a one playoff win. But nevertheless, the fact of the matter is, 
you said, okay, like the Thunder, what would they get? They've got four unprotected first-round picks, unprotected first-round mm-hmm. pick, two swap picks, as well as Gallinari and and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and SGA gives us Alexander. Um, you know, they got a nice haul, but you know that OKC is now essentially starting over because word mm-hmm. on the street is, and, and we and we get the Westbrook in a second that he's he wants out, um, but it just it just it, I mean if one thing again I mentioned just earlier that the, the this lesson teaches us just taught us never ever ever sleep on Jerry West never no. sleep on him I mean this dude he's just amazing and the Clippers still have their core they traded their mortgage their future yeah but they still got their core. They still have Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly. They still have Montrez Harrell. They still have Lou Williams coming off the bench, a la uh, Vinny Johnson. That's old school. Mm-hmm. That's about Vinny Johnson. And, you know. Michael Ace, that's right. They took, they, right. They won 47 games in the West. Not the East, mm-hmm. the West. Yeah. And they gave Golden State fits in the first round, winning twice bit, winning twice at the, at, at the Oracle Arena. And you're going to add Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that mix. Wow. Mm-hmm. Not just, just Paul wow. George, but Paul George coming off of his best statistical year ever. Exactly. Exactly. And you think he won't be hype about playing at that. But before I, before I move off of this, I got to mention, I got to give props to Kawhi here. So many people misconstrued Kawhi Leonard as some quiet dude who's shy, who wants to keep to himself, wants to do things his own mm-hmm. way. But apparently, dude was trying to was talking and making moves behind the scenes, reaching out to to KD, Kyrie, and virtually Paul George that wanted to play together. He convinced Paul mm-hmm. George to, to to talk his way out of OKC. Kawhi is a shrewd operator. I mean, it's always yeah. the quiet ones that get you. That you know, that, you know, that's what they always say. It's the quiet ones that always get you in the end. But Kawhi is one smooth cat. He's now a made man of a title who won that he won almost single handedly. Uh, Like for Toronto, it's just he's he's that dude. He's that dude, and you got to put him up there, the top three players in in, in the league now. You have to. And and the one thing that I I, the narrative that I I hate hearing about him now that you know I've done a little bit of research is that Kawhi is eccentric. He moves by the beat of his own drum. You know, he sat out that whole season to protect himself. He had to deal with new balance. If you look at both of those situations, (laughs) those are situations to benefit him. Yes, he sat out because he felt as though that he wasn't 100% and he wasn't going to put himself in a situation. And I'm not mad at him for that. I'm not mad at him for that. Not at all. The new balance deal was because Jordan Brand who originally started paying him 500000 with his first contract when he first came out of, came out of college and was going to give him a yep. new deal of four-year $20 million, which is $5 million annually, was low ball, according to him. He's one of the best players in the league, and he has a shoe deal for $5 million, and Jordan Brand only, gives you, only maxes out at $10 million annually to their athletes. Nike will give you about 20, Adidas will give you about 15, Under Armour about 15. He wanted more than five, mm-hmm. so he went somewhere that was going to give him more than five, probably more than 10. He probably got 15 to go to New Balance. 
So, yeah, I know. that was a deal to benefit him. It wasn't because he was, I'm signing with this shoe company that nobody knows about, and it's the shoe company that's only known for running. Nah, he did that for financial reasons that would benefit him. So that's right. all he, he's doing. Which is what he's you want to do anyway. Exactly. He's doing things the way he wants them done that will benefit him and that make him happy. There's nothing shrewd or crazy about that only because it looks weird on the outside. Yeah. And now the Clippers are the beneficiaries of said quote-unquote weirdness. Uh, (laughs) So you got to give props props to the Clippers once again. I mean, who would have thought that they would be the favorite, we call the favorites, to win anything, let alone an NBA title? In the in the in the in the Lakers backyard, so that's just that's another self is crazy. But that's that's Jerry West, that's uh, that's Steve Ballmer, the owner, doing his thing. That's Doc Rivers doing his. So props to them. Um, and one it, last thing, it says a whole I, lot about okay. that franchise that they've come so long. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, not so long, but so far from that um, yeah. that that situation. What's your boy's name? I see his face from the Donald Sterling situation. Donald Sterling, yeah. Yeah, they've come so stuff. far from that Donald Sterling situation where that team was still able to stay above five, well, stay above 40 wins, be respectable, get a new front office in there, get a new owner in there, and now mm-hmm. they're on the precipice of competing for a title come 2019-2020 season. It's crazy. That's awesome. That's so insane. But yeah, it's just it's just again, it's amazing that you got so essentially you have in both major markets, both L.A. and New York, the B teams, if we will, are the favorites, are better yeah. than the A squad, the, the A listers in the towns. Like the Clippers being better on paper than the Lakers, even though the Lakers still will be a factor this coming year, mm-hmm. and the Nets being the Thousand times better dead than my Knicks. That's just sickening in and of itself. But anyway, even though I do have Brooklyn roots, whole lot I have Brooklyn ownership. roots, but still, yes, yeah, exactly. It's a huge difference, the biggest difference in the world. To both the Knicks and the Lakers are both jokes of a franchise right now with lots of dysfunctions at the top. And at least the Lakers do have talent. That's the only mm-hmm. difference between them and the Knicks. But still, they're both they're, they're both chaotic, totally chaotic at the top end of the front office. Um, one last bit here. We'll hold the segment here. Not segment, but we'll still talk some some NBA greatest moves that are under the radar. But Russell Westbrook, since Russell Westbrook is, is apparently wants to trade, and I can't stop blaming because if you find out after all those years of being loyal to the, to OKC, you find out that you and Paul George were in a trade discussion to go to Toronto, I'd be mm-hmm. pissed off too. So. What, what what team? I'll give you a team I think would fit. He'll fit well at. But where do you think he'll land? Like, where, first of all, where do you think he'll land, and where do you think he should land? Wow, man! And the only teams that I've heard so far that have been um, in discussion in, in terms of trading for uh, Westbrook have been the Knicks and Miami. Yeah. If it was between those two, probably, you know what? I was. Everyone says the Heat is is the better situation for him. 
because it's a it's a better win now situation, right? Right. It would be the contrarian in me wants to say Knicks because they still haven't spent all of their money and they still got money under the cap. The thing is though, right. is anyone gonna to want to play with Russ? Because that stigma is over his head now. You know, yeah. people were saying that Paul George didn't want to play with Russ anymore, and that's the reason why he left. No, I just think he just thought that that team wasn't going to flourish, and it had nothing to do with Russell um, personally. It was just the he situation that he was personally. in. Yeah. yeah, he likes him a lot so, personally. Yeah. yeah, so it, it, the thing is, you know, if if he goes to New York, would that be a situation where he'll be able to win and win now, which is something that he wants to do, or, or, or not? I don't think he will win now in either situation. I just think that Miami has the better pieces. And I think that Miami has, as of right now, the, the better asset to give up in order to, to get him. So I would say Miami. I, I just find it intriguing to see what, what they do in order to make that team better. Because as of right now, I'm looking at the Heat. And I'm looking at them doing exactly the same thing they did last year, even with bringing in Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. I look at them fighting right. to make the playoffs. I don't think it's a gimme yeah. adding Jimmy that they make the playoffs. I think they'll still be fighting for that. Six, seven, five, Jimmy eight, didn't five. care about winning, brother. He didn't care about winning as much as he wanted to be his own man on his own team. That's why yeah. he left Philly. He yeah. wanted to be the man. He made it clear he wanted to be the man on his own team. Damn winning, <laughs> winning not not notwithstanding, you know he he just did. I think, man, look, I see what you're saying. That a lot of people are saying they, Westbrook would be a, a member of the Heat because, if anything, a drum of interest down in South Beach. Because, yeah, I mean, look, so Dwayne Wade, why would they go to Heat games? I know that Jimmy Butler's a stud, and Butler mm-hmm. is also a, a Wade protege, but. There's so many things to do in Miami, man. And if you don't have, like, a real shot, I don't think they're going to come out and watch unless you add another dude in the mix. So I see where you're going there. I just mm-hmm. think it's going to be a huge clusterfuck if that happens. And here's why. Yeah. Both dudes need the ball mm-hmm. to be effective. Uh, 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 Westbrook is, we all know about triple-double uh, exploits and everything. He's ball-dominant. Jimmy Butler is not only ball dominant, he's an ISO, old school ISO guy. So mm-hmm. that's, they're not going to fit. Unless one takes a backseat to the other, which I don't think that's going to happen because they're both headstrong as hell. Good guys mm-hmm. off the court, but they're both headstrong as hell on the court. That ain't going to happen. If, let's put it this way. If Jimmy Butler was that alpha dog on, on the Philly team that he was that man, mind you, he got that via trade. But 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 Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid ultimately ceded that go-to guy status to Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler could have could have won the playoff series against Toronto. Remember, he had that shot before Kawhi hit that 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 miraculous shot at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 be, but I say all that to say this: they're going to be at each other. They being Westbrook and Butler are going to be at each other's doors from day one. Because they're the same guy. They're the same type of guy. They may like each other and respect each other's game, but they're the same type of guy. And, you know, unless, you know, you're going to have a Chris Paul, James Harden thing all over again, but times a thousand. 
because they're both yeah. headstrong. Um, so I don't think it's working there. This is where I think it'll work. I think it'll work at a place like Detroit because mm-hmm. because you look at it this way. Detroit could easily match OKC salary for salary in order to acquire West Westbrook. They can give up Reggie Reggie uh Jackson. They could give up a couple okay. other guys and to make that work. Now, what is interesting is that they don't have to give up Blake Griffin. And I don't think they will ever give up Blake Griffin. And I don't think they have to give up the the other big guy, I forget his name, his name escapes me right now. But um uh I don't think they have to give him up either. So basically you have you sure you have Westbrook there who's ball dominant, but they don't play the same position. Westbrook's a point guard and Blake Griffin's a power forward. So mm-hmm. you know and plus it'll drum up interest in Detroit. And it'll give them a big shot. I mean, they don't they won't win at all, but they'll be a factor in the Eastern Conference playoff picture in the playoff yeah. period. They'll be a factor. They'll definitely be a factor with, with, with Russell Westbrook in that mix. And I think that personally, I think that that Detroit's a point guard away from being a factor. I don't think Reggie Miller's a point guard. He's a two, Matthew Brady as a one. So, and plus they're well coached. Um, uh, uh, he used to coach Toronto. He got poor guy got fired last just like two seasons ago, and watched Nick Nurse take home the crown with essentially the same Dwayne guy. Dwayne Casey, but yeah, Dwayne Casey. But he's he's gonna be good for for Detroit. They made strides last season. They're only going to get better, and they'll be a lot better if they swing a trade for someone like Westbrook. So I think Westbrook will work at a place like that than in Miami because he's not stepping on anybody's toes as far as guys playing, play, guys playing, playing the backcourt. You got one guy in Westbrook playing up top, and Blake Griffin playing down low, and Greg Monroe. That's the other guy I was trying to think of. Yeah. Both playing down low, and uh, and Monroe be help, is happy doing the dirty work besides. Uh, um, Blake Griffin as it is, he'll be even happier doing the dirty work for Russell Westbrook. So, um, the only, I the think only thing though is, the only thing is though in that situation, if he goes to Detroit, he might as well just stay in OKC because he will be basically in the exact same spot. A team right. that can compete during the regular season will get into the, the playoffs, may make a little bit of noise, may not make a little bit of noise. And will probably be bouncing the first round. Exact same situation. The only difference is you would have to trust that GM that sooner or later they will be able to bring in pieces to win immediately because that's what he's going to want to do. The only thing is, unfortunately, you're playing um, musical chairs and do all the seats are just about filled for all of the perennial. Uh, uh, contenders right now in terms of either position being filled or money being taken. So what you're going to do, you have to be on the outside looking in or just be in a situation where you end up attempting to develop what you currently have on that roster that you're going right. to end up playing on. And if he ends up leaving a team, that's exactly what you have to do. You don't have to develop because they don't have guys already there to go ahead and just add water and let's go. Nah, they're going to have to build and it's going to take some time, and I don't know how patient Westbrook is going to be. Just, just because he wants to be dealt, not, not he dealt, but just because the, 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 the front office attempted to deal him, 
Where else are you mm-hmm. going to go as of right now that's going to make you happy and you're going to win? I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, one last thing before we close the segment here, man. Um, there are other free agency moves that are made under the radar, which I think really, really, really is going to set the league up. You had, like, uh, um, the, the trade of uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon from Milwaukee mm-hmm. to Indiana, and they signed a big deal with Indiana. So I wonder how he's going to mesh well, how he's going to mesh with uh, the, the likes of Victor Oladipo. Uh, I think they'll probably mesh well. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting to see how that how, how Nick Manila is going to make that work. But he's he's a good coach, and and that, that's a well-run organization. I I it'd be curious to see. But also, my favorite one under that's under the radar that was under the radar, Al Horford leaving Boston to sign with a rival Philadelphia Seventy Sixers to a max deal. Mm-hmm. That I did not see coming. I did not see coming, and I think Philly, as a result, would be is one of the teams to beat out East, uh, besides Milwaukee, uh, who we signed Chris Middleton to like a, to a max deal as well. Indivisibly, so in my opinion, but but I, do you? I wonder how much you, you like the the, the six the uh, Horford to Sixers deal as much as I did because I love it. I really, really Actually, love it. I, and, you know, I. I, I I like Kemba Walker to the Celtics too, as well. But I really like Horford to the Sixers better. As do I. I mean, I, 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 the one thing that I'm concerned about though with Philly is that they've lost a lot of depth. You know, you were losing JJ yeah. Redick, and then you know with them trading right. away, um, what's his name, uh, Covington uh, last year, they've been tr- slowly yeah. or surely trading away their depth. And then, and I, I'm thinking that this is the season that's going to end up catching with, catching up with them unless they're young guys or that bench can develop quickly. But that Al Horford yeah. and then also the trade that they made for uh, for Josh Richardson, that combo along with Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. And actually, if, if my research is correct, I think Greg Monroe isn't in Detroit anymore. He's in, uh, in Philly backing up uh, Embiid. So I need, to, I need mm. to check on that to make sure right. that that's correct. But if that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's a, a decent backup for him, you know, and, and I like what they've done in, in Philadelphia. But the one team, in terms of the moves that they made, that I really like, Utah Jazz. Trading for Mike uh, Conley yes. and then, of course, signing yes. uh, Bogdanovich. They, they get those two in there. My Lord. I, I, I just thoroughly love those two moves right there uh, for Jazz, and, and that actually makes them a contender in my eyes in the West, too. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, you add Hassan Whiteside to uh, to the Blazers and Dane Lillard and, and uh, McCollum. Um, and then you also I almost <clears throat> got Nurkic uh, uh, returns yeah. for Portland yep. after getting injured yep. late in the season. So you you have the addition of Whiteside and Baysmore, and then you bring in uh, also a caliber center and and, um, and Nurkic. That team gets better. So that's just another team that that Utah and Portland are, are two teams that I'm going to be interested in watching or keeping an eye on this season to see what they do along with the two LA teams. Because I, and I'm also going to be intrigued to see exactly what happens with Golden State. Because 
Yeah. I got I got a strange feeling that they may not make the playoffs next year. It's going to be very hard. It's going to be very hard for them out west. It's going to be very hard because they're not getting played back until one or two months left in the season at the best. At best. And, of course, KD's no longer there. So, you just – KD's no longer there. It's going to be the Stephen – right. And it's going to be the Stephen and Grandma show, basically. Yes. And you don't have anybody else to stretch the floor that they're used to, so they're going to have to reinvent themselves. And the question is, can they? Yeah. And how will they yeah. look with this reinvention? So that's why I'm concerned about right. the likes of them. And then you got all of these other teams. Well, Houston State had as well. Then you got the, the, the likes of Denver, who was a young team. They really didn't make any huge additions, but they're young and they're getting better. Utah got better. Portland got better. Um, they may not make the playoffs, but the Pelicans got better. So – you got a lot of teams out west who have gotten better and, and is going to end up potentially being fifth for that Golden State thing. Yeah. It's going to be – this NBA is going to be awesome next year because this is wide-ass open, as I've seen it in years. It's going to this be what Bama's wide. been singing for. They wanted the parity, and they're about to get it. They're wide open. So it's going to be exciting, man. Hey, Mel, hey, hey, hey thanks a lot, man. We'll – We'll be talking soon. We'll be definitely talking soon about this stuff. But, but no problem. Again. But real quick, don't it's forget. Uh, uh, they, they made an announcement. I think it was yesterday. LeBron is trying to be magic. They, they're looking at putting him at point guard. That's right. He's ready. And he should be a point guard. He should be yes, a point guard. That's where he is. He's a, yeah. He's a point guard mentality, and that's going to be wonders for the for the Lakers. So, again, mm-hmm. a lot of fun stuff. We got all something to talk about it, which is a yes. good thing. <laughs> yes, Definitely a good do. thing. Take a light, man. All right. You do the same. Uh, that's my guy. Du- All right. Peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on the yards so at HCU Sports, as well as on uh, as well as Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every week. So I'm gonna give my last two cents here, my last segment here on the U.S. Women's National Team and what they're fighting for the equal pay. First of all, I wrote, I wrote a wrote a grant on this. Uh, Monday morning, um, well, Monday afternoon, actually, it was published. But basically, you know, people were talking about, yeah, well, the women, you know, the naysayers say, well, 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 the women, they aren't so profitable. And no, it's just not as high the men as the men. And other reasons is why women, just like the women, should not get equal pay. But I'm here to tell you, I mean, watching them throughout the, the, the World Women's World Cup tournament, Watching how fearless they are, specifically Greg uh, Rapino, I mean, and, and, and you know, they had to have a major pride. I don't care how where you lean politically, whatever. Those women had to make you proud as American. They made me proud as an American. And you know what? It's about time to have the equal pay because here's why. At first, I was going to approach the whole thing from the standpoint of. Well, they probably should could use better sponsorship. They could probably use a better TV deal, especially for the National Women's Soccer League, which is like the MLS, uh, well, is that the WNBA is to the NBA, basically. Uh, you know, but I just I had my eyes when I did some research here. First of all, 
for those of you who don't know, right quick, the Women's World Cup had only a $30 million fund. I say only $30 million because that's compared to the $400 million the men had for the World Cup in, for World Cup in 2018. Now, in the Guardians, the article in the Guardian, which says women's contract guarantees the player receive three grand for each qualification game they win, $37,500 bonus for qualifying for the World Cup, Another thirty-seven thousand five hundred for making the final U.S. World Cup roster, and one hundred ten thousand dollars that they win the whole thing. So basically, you have a potential total of around two hundred thousand dollars. Now, on the other hand, the men's, the U.S. men's national team, if they were to ever approach this thing and win it, they get like one over one point one million dollars each. So you have one point one million dollars each on one hand, and two hundred thousand dollars on the other hand. And the women's world, the women's national team is the best women's team in the world. And the men are not even in the top 25, maybe the top 25 of the best teams, teams in the world. Um, but, the, but the worst part about it is this. Remember I mentioned earlier that the people assume that the U.S. women's national team is not profitable. I had like, a couple of buddies of mine on Twitter and, 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 and Facebook just say that the demand is not there. You know, no one really wants see them outside of the World Cup, blah, blah, blah. Well, check this out. According to Wall Street Journal, the U.S. women's soccer games have generated more revenue for the U.S. Soccer Federation, which is the governing body of soccer in this country, USSF, than more than the men's games over the past three years. And according to Nike, the 2019's women's stadium home jersey is now the top-selling soccer jersey, men's or, men or, men or, men's or women's, ever sold on Nike.com in one season. So, so much for that argument of not being profitable. So here's what I think should happen. I think, first of all, the USSF, the governing body for soccer in this country, should do, could do a better job of promoting women's games. And I'm looking, looking specifically at the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, because you have a lot of stars on the women's team, national team, play in this league, in the NWSL. And the North Carolina Courage, they had an international tournament where they end up winning. They're not considered one of the best teams in the world. But not many people know that because they don't do, they being the USSF, didn't do a good job of promoting them. So here's the deal. Budweiser, Nike already sponsors them. That's good, the women's national team. Now, Budweiser is said to be on board with the non-U.S. women's national team, but also the NWSL, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So that's a major sponsorship there. And I think they can do better, like the, the television networks could do better by, the, by this league, and that's pointing square at the U.S. Soccer Federation. Because if the U.S. Soccer Federation gets behind the NWS, the National Women's Soccer League, as much as they've been getting behind the Major League Soccer, which I'm glad they're doing, by the way, but if they even get behind the Women's League as much as they have been, the, 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 or even even half as much as M, as they did for, do uh, as they've been doing for MLS, the the, the 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 Women's Soccer League would be much more profitable. And they don't have to worry about survival. But I mean, you have the columnists who are in the know coming out, like saying, urging people to fans to actually support the women's soccer league because that's that a feeder. That's one of the top feeders to the women's national team. 
And, you know, I think they'll be great. But, again, I think it, the buck stop, starts and stops with the USSF, the United States Soccer Federation. If they can get themselves together and support the women's league and the national team, they'll go a long way in getting the equal pay that the women so so much are so deserving of. Because Nike said the best in the commercial after the U.S. women's team beat the Netherlands to win a, a fourth World Cup and go back-to-back for the first time in over a decade. This team wins. And everyone wins. So thank y'all, uh, first of all, uh, for tuning into the podcast. Thanks to uh, Janina Reed from Will's Tennis Fans uh, YouTube podcast, the, the, the tennis lady who's, all, who's the most savage tennis lady ever, as well as my man, Dwayne Nash, talking NBA with me. Uh, hope y'all have a good rest of the week. Enjoy the nice weather and prayers. Go out to the DMV area with the flooding and whatnot, but stay safe. To the rest of y'all, 06, good night.